the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Today on Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton. No matter what what area you have success in, you can begin to think your success is all because of you and what you've done and that you did it and you made it happen and you give no glory or credit to God. Now that's not to say that God is against success or that we should feel guilty for being successful at what we do. God is not against success. He's against pride. He's against you taking credit for your success. Do you take credit for all your own success? In today's message from Pastor Dan, he explains the importance of staying humble and giving gratitude to the Lord. Sometimes when people become successful, they start to think that it was because of all their own doing. However, Pastor Dan encourages you to remember that all promotion and success comes from the hand of God. Be sure to thank God for the blessings that He's graciously given to you. Give God the glory and credit for your success. Now here's Pastor Dan in the book of Ezekiel chapter 27 for today's edition of Ring of Truth. Verse 32 says, In their wailing for you, they will take up a lamentation, and they will lament for you. And they'll say, What city is like Tyre, destroyed in the midst of the sea? The nations will wail and mourn over the destruction of Tyre. And there's an element of disbelief here. What city is like Tyre that it, it could possibly ever be destroyed like this? It's just just too unbelievable. This would ever happen to Tyre. And so the people are wailing and mourning for the destruction of Tyre, but they're wailing and mourning for Tyre, not because they are compassionate or because they have empathy for the people of Tyre, but because the destruction of Tyre affects their economies. It affects their wallet. It, It means an end to all of this trade and commerce with the city of Tyre goes on in verse 33, the people will say, when your wares went out by sea, you satisfied many people. You enriched the kings of the earth with your many luxury goods and your your merchandise. But you're broken by the seas and the depths of the water. Your merchandise and the entire company will fall in your midst. All the inhabitants of the isles will be astonished at you. And here the isles is speaking of the other nations. They'll be astonished at her fall. It says all the kings will be greatly afraid and their countenance will be troubled. The merchants among the peoples will hiss at you. You know what that means when it says they will hiss? Wow. They'll hiss. You will become a horror. 
and be no more forever because of the the great city Tyre falls here. It's, it's a horror to people. This is a description of the, the way the world reacted to Tyre's destruction. It's, just, it's horrifying to the world. Now, if you're a note taker, this is a very similar uh, reaction that the people have when Tyre is destroyed. It's a very similar reaction uh, to uh, the way the world will react when the economic system the Antichrist establishes collapses. Uh, in the book of Revelation, we're told the Antichrist, the world leader that will come on the scene in the last days during the tribulation period, he will establish an, an economic system in the world that is, is called uh, Babylon, economic Babylon, in the book of Revelation, it's described in chapter 18 when that system collapses during the tribulation period. And I'll just read some of the verses to you. This is when, so this, this economic system that is going to be at work in the world during the tribulation period at the end of the age, it's going to collapse much like the city of Tyre and the whole world's economy is tied to this system. And so the fall of this system affects everybody around the world. So uh, this is Revelation chapter 18, verse 9. And the, the whole chapter really describes the, the fall of Babylon the Great here, this economy collapsing. So I'll just read a selection of verses for you. Uh, Revelation eighteen nine: The kings of the earth who committed fornication and lived luxuriously with her will weep. And lament for her when they see the smoke of her burning, standing at a distance for fear of her torment, saying, Alas, alas, that great city, Babylon, that mighty city, for in one hour your judgment has come, and the merchants of the earth will weep and mourn over her. Here's why. For no one buys the merchandise anymore. They're weeping and mourning because of the, the destruction of the system that's in place, this Babylonian system, this economic system. But we're told they're weeping and they're mourning because no one buys their merchandise anymore. It affects them. It affects their economy. And so another, another couple verses out of this chapter, verse 17, for in one hour such great riches came to nothing. Every shipmaster, all who travel by ship, sailors, and as many as trade on the sea stood at a distance and cried out when they saw the smoke of her burning, saying, what is like this great city? It's interesting, most, uh, most commerce still takes place in the world by ship. And we don't ever really think about that because we don't really see ships unless you work down in Baltimore or something like that. But most of the world's economy is still transported over ships. And, and here John's writing 2,000 years ago talking about the shipmasters and those that travel by ship and the sailors, you know, mourning and crying because of the destruction of Babylon. They threw dust on their heads and cried out, weeping and wailing and saying, Alas, alas, that great city in which all who had ships on the sea became rich by her wealth, for in one hour she is made desolate. You know, again, they're weeping and wailing because of the destruction of this system. But verse 20 says, rejoice over her, O heaven, and you holy apostles and prophets, for God has avenged you 
on her. So there's weeping and wailing upon the earth, but there's rejoicing in heaven. That that system has collapsed and been destroyed. So we see a very similar uh, uh, reaction the world will have to the destruction of Babylon during the tribulation period. So now that brings us to chapter 28. And here in chapter 28, Ezekiel continues with his prophecy against Tyre. But here the prophecy shifts. And I want you to note the shift that takes place. The prophecy shifts from focusing on the city of Tyre to the leader of Tyre. So no longer are we talking about the city itself. We're talking about the leader and why this judgment came upon the city of Tyre. Verse 1, the word of the Lord came to me saying, Son of man, say to the prince of Tyre, that's the leader of Tyre, thus says the Lord God, because your heart is lifted up and you say, I am a God, I sit in the seat of gods in the midst of the seas, yet you are a man and not a God, though you set your heart as the heart of a God. Behold, you are wiser than Daniel. This is what the prince of Tyre thought of himself. Behold, you are wiser than Daniel. There's no secret that can be hidden from you. With your wisdom and your understanding, you have gained riches for yourself and gathered gold and silver into your treasuries. By your great wisdom and trade, you have increased your riches and your heart is lifted up because of your riches Therefore, thus says the Lord God, because you have set your heart as the heart of a God, behold, therefore, I will bring strangers against you, the most terrible of the nations, and they shall draw their swords against the beauty of your wisdom and defile your splendor. They shall throw you down into the pit and you shall die the death of the slain in the midst of the seas. Will you still say before him who slays you, I am a God? But you shall be a man and not a God in the hand of him who slays you. You shall die the death of the uncircumcised by the hand of aliens. For I have spoken, says the Lord God. The sin of the prince of Tyre was pride. It was pride. If you look again at verse 2, God says, because your heart is lifted up pride and you say I am a God you know the leader of Tyre believed all of his success and all of his wealth and power and prosperity was the result of his own doing that he did all of this he created all of this and his success made him prideful and arrogant and self-confident to the point that he actually believed that he was a God and he was deity I think this is one of the dangers of success no matter what, what area you have success in, you can begin to think your success is all because of you and what you've done and that you did it and you made it happen and you give no glory or credit to God. Now that's not to say that God is against success or that we should feel guilty for being successful at what we do. God is not against success. He's against pride. He's against you taking credit for your success. The Bible has many warnings about pride, including in the Proverbs, uh, Proverbs 16, verse 18, where it says, pride goes before destruction 
and a haughty spirit before a fall. Better to be of humble spirit with the lowly. Right? Pride goes before destruction and a haughty spirit before a fall or a stumbling. Haughtiness is self-exaltation. Self-exaltation. Pride goes before a fall. Haughtiness before a stumbling. The prince of Tyre, he was haughty and prideful, believing that all he had came from himself and gave no thought to God. You're listening to Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton of Calvary Chapel, Ellicott City, Maryland. We'll return to the second half of today's message in a moment. But first, here's a word from Pastor Dan. It's my privilege to share the Word of God with you through our radio ministry, Ring of Truth. Thank you for tuning in each day. Hey, I would love to hear from you. Will you take a moment to email me to tell me how these daily studies have ministered to you? I want to hear your story. You can email me through our website at calvaryec.com. That's calvaryec.com. Thanks, Pastor Dan. Now let's join him again for the conclusion of today's edition of Ring of Truth. No thought to God. 1 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 7 says, What do you have that God hasn't given you? And if everything you have is from God, why boast as though it were not a gift? Everything we have is from God. Everything we have is a gift from God. If you're, if you're a good student, that's because God made you a good student. If you're good at business, you're good at making money. There's some people that are just making money. It comes naturally to them. They're just good at whatever kind of business they get involved in. If you're good at business, God has given you that ability to be good at business. If you're a good computer programmer, God is the one who gave you the mind to understand and to be a good computer programmer. Whatever you have, it's all from God. All of it. So, Give God the credit for blessing you with the abilities and know-how to, to do those things and, and blessing you with success in, in your life. The warning is don't take credit for it. It's all from Him. Give all glory to Him. What do you have that you didn't receive from Him? You know, the Prince of Tyre took credit for all the success of, of Tyre. His heart was lifted up. He saw himself as a God. He believed he amassed all of his wealth from his own wisdom and his own understanding. But the Lord is clear here in verse 2. You are a man and not God. And I, you know, to me the scary thing is, is we can become so haughty and so prideful. And start to believe that we're the reason for all of our success. That we get to a point where God has to remind us. No you're just a man and you're not God. And let me remind you of that by you know, whoop, taking that away. You know, and then suddenly... You realize your own frailty and your own inability without him. Apart from him, we can do nothing. (laughs) In verse 3, the prince of Tyre uh, regarded himself as wiser than Daniel, the prophet. And we're told here, no secret was hidden from from him. You know, it's one one thing, if you're a note taker, it's interesting here that, uh, that, that Daniel was already known for his wisdom, even in his own lifetime. If you remember, Daniel was uh, an advisor to King Nebuchadnezzar of Babylon. And here the, the, uh, the prince of Tyre is familiar with Daniel and Daniel's wisdom. Now the difference, though, between Daniel the prophet and the prince of Tyre is that Daniel gave all the credit to God for his wisdom. 
He was very clear about that. He would not touch any of the credit for his wisdom. He, he acknowledged and said it all comes from God. By the way, Daniel is the next book that we're going to study after Ezekiel. We're only 20 chapters away from Daniel. We're almost there. 2021. We'll get rid of this dumpster fire of a year. Right? Get it behind us and we'll go into the book of Daniel. And it's going to be wonderful. God says because the prince of Tyre is prideful, God will bring a foreign nation against Tyre to destroy her. Again, that's speaking of the Babylonians. And the prince of Tyre is going to lose everything. And he's going to die. He's going to be put to death. Losing everything is one sure way to remind a person they're merely a man and not God. And, and you probably know people, I know people, maybe you're one of those people who you were super successful at something and you were prideful in it. Or you know someone who was super successful at something and they became prideful and arrogant and haughty and God just took it all away from them. And no matter what they tried, they, could, they couldn't get it back. God just reminded them. Just a man. Now, as we go through scriptures, there's several occasions in the scriptures where, uh, where we see God judge a leader, a ruler, for his pride and for his arrogance. Just a few examples for you. Pharaoh, in the book of Exodus, God uh, judged Pharaoh. Pharaoh was treated by the Egyptians as a god. And so God showed, no, you're just a man, not a god. Nebuchadnezzar, in Daniel chapter 4, he, he declares himself to be the reason for all of his success and declares himself to be deity. And so the Lord God humbled him, made him go crazy for a while, and he acted like an animal living out in the woods for a while. Now you're just a man. You're not God. Don't think you're a God. You're just a man. Herod Agrippa in Acts chapter 12, he was actually worshipped as a god in Caesarea by the sea. The people, the crowd there, you know, the voice of a god and not of man. And then God struck him dead. And he was eaten with worms. Right there in front of the audience that was praising him <laughs> as a god. God has a way of showing people that they're just a man and not a god. The Bible says God will share his glory with no man. So in verses 1 to 10, we have uh, Ezekiel speaks to the prince of Tyre about his pride and arrogance and haughtiness. And this is why God brings judgment upon him to humble him and to humble the city of Tyre. But then he addresses the king of Tyre beginning in verse 11. And that's, there's, a, there's a distinction made here. So verses 1 to 10, again, you've got the prince of Tyre. Now going into verse 12, the Lord addresses the king of Tyre. And there's a distinction made here. And what the Lord says through the prophet Ezekiel now to the king of Tyre is not something that can really be said to any human being. He's not describing an earthly leader here. He's not describing a human leader of Tyre. He's certainly not speaking of the prince of, of Tyre at this point in this prophecy. So then who is he talking about beginning in verse 11 and 12 and going forward from there. It seems that the Lord is addressing Satan in these verses. You'll see what I mean in just a minute. He's, he, he, he's addressing Satan as the king of Tyre. So you've got the prince of Tyre, who is a human leader, but then you've got the king of Tyre, who seems to be, as you'll see, Satan himself. Satan is the spiritual power behind the human power. He's the spiritual power behind the prince 
of Tyre. He's the power behind the human power. You know, in Ephesians chapter 2, Satan is described as the prince of the power of the air who controls the course of this world. You know, the directions, things just seem to go seemingly on their own. Well, Satan is the one who's controlling the course of this world. Ephesians chapter 6, we're told we are not fighting against flesh and blood enemies, but against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world. That there's a, there's a spiritual realm and there's a spiritual battle that's taking place and our fight isn't really against flesh and blood enemies. That there's actually uh, a, you know, evil rulers and authorities in the unseen world behind the scenes uh, manipulating things and controlling things. And here in chapter 28, we get a glimpse behind the curtain, so to speak, of the evil rulers in the unseen world here and how they're involved in human affairs and countries and governments. There's a spiritual authority behind this earthly ruler. Now, we see this also in Isaiah chapter 14, where the description of the king of Babylon seems to go beyond any earthly king and describes Satan himself. It describes the fall of Lucifer in Isaiah 14. We also see the same idea in Daniel chapter 10, where the angel Michael describes a battle with a spiritual opponent that is called the Prince of Persia. Uh, Persia uh, would be the modern-day country of Iran. So there's this spiritual authority over Persia. Uh, During the tribulation period, the Antichrist is empowered by Satan himself. And so we're reminded here that there is a spiritual realm and that there are evil powers at work in the unseen world that are manipulating things and, and setting the course of this world, and that there is a, a battle taking place in the spiritual realm, and that our battle is not just against flesh and blood. And I think that's an important reminder for us that there are evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world at work in the seen world, in nations, even in our nation, in every nation. You know, the Bible tells us that Satan desires to kill, steal, and destroy. The Bible says that Satan is a murderer. The Bible says that Satan is the father of all lies. And he is at work in the world. He's at work in the unseen world. And he's at work in this world. And he's trying to undermine. He's trying to divide. He's trying to destroy nations, including our nation. There's a spiritual battle taking place. And here we see that with Tyre, that there's the, well, there's the prince of Tyre, who's the human leader. But now we're talking about the king of Tyre, who is a spiritual leader, who again, as you'll see in these verses, it seems it's Satan himself. It's interesting to me, when you look at the history of the city of Tyre in the Bible, you see that it was a city that was demonically influenced. Jezebel, for example. Jezebel marries Ahab, the king of Israel, and it's Jezebel from Tyre who introduces Baal worship in Israel. She imports idolatry into the nation. She's from Tyre. And it's that idolatry that ultimately led to the destruction of Israel. And it happens to be brought in by somebody from Tyre. He asked me how I know 
Thanks for tuning in to today's edition of Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan as we study verse by verse through the book of Ezekiel. In Ezekiel chapter 36, verses 26 through 27, the Lord says, I will give you a new heart and a new spirit I will put within you, and I will remove the heart of stone from your flesh and give you a heart of flesh, and I will put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my statues and be careful to obey my rules. No matter how far away you stray from God, He never gives up on you. He always offers restoration and hope, even after you might reject it. What a gift and what love. If you'd like to hear this message again or more from Pastor Dan, we encourage you to visit our website, calvaryec.com. We also encourage you to find a church home that will help guide and support you in your walk with Jesus. If you're ever in or near the Columbia, Maryland area, we'd love to have you join us at Calvary Chapel, Ellicott City. Each week, we gather together at 10 a.m. on Sunday to worship our Savior and study God's Word. And we'd be honored to share that time with you. Check out calvaryec.com to find directions and to learn more about the church behind this ministry. Again, that was Calvary Chapel, Ellicott City. We're so glad you joined us today, and we pray this message has been a blessing and encouraged you in your faith. Pastor Dan will have much more to share from the book of Ezekiel when you tune in again, right here on Ring of Truth. I see the signs and I recognize the hands that craft and am what I know because I know His voice, and it only takes It's true.